Brachas, Daf Gimel Lamed Beis, in the Daf Aleph Shir of Jair Olinsky's house Thursday night. Daf Gimel Lamed Beis in Brachas. Towards the bottom, about 15 lines up, the Gemara says, the Pasuk says, that David HaMelech said, Chatzos Laila, Akum Lehodos Lecha Al Mishpetetzit Kecha. That David HaMelech would get up at midnight, get up at 12 o'clock approximately, and uh, there's a good discussion in the Gemara whether he would say Tehillim, Shiraz Vesishbachos, whether he would learn Torah. He was up by, by 12 o'clock, by midnight. So, the apparent, um, the implication is that David HaMelech knew when Chatzos was. It wasn't just approximate, Akum when Chatzos Laila. So the Gemara asks, V'david mi haviyoda palgad Laila. Amos. What do you have it? It's about, um, actually you should have, there's an arrow. Oh, the I'm, using, I'm using my Gemara, I don't see my own underline. Okay, there you go. Now I got it. For David, me have a Yoda Palga Delilah Emas. Does David know when Chatzos is? Hashta Moshe Rabbeinu lo have a Yoda Dixiv. Kachatzos Halayla and Yosef Etoch Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu did not know when he says, Around midnight, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to come out in Mitzrayim and do Makas Bechoros. Moshe Rabbeinu says, "Kachatzos Halayla," and Hashem is going to come and destroy the Egyptians, take out the Bechoros. Oh, we're going to say it says Kachatzos Halayla. So, my Kachatzos. Why did Moshe say Kachatzos? Ilay Mado Amalei Kuchar Berichu Kachatzos. If you're going to tell me that Hashem told him Kachatzos, that Hashem was just approximating. Why would Hashem have to proximate? Hashem knows exactly what Chatzos is, exactly, to the moment. So obviously, Hashem told him exactly that he's going to come and perform Machas Bechoros, Bachatzos. Hashem says, I'm going to come Bachatzos. However, when Moshe Rabbeinu tells it over to Paro, that Hashem is going to come, so he can't say exactly, he, can, he doesn't know exactly when it is. So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Kachatzos, Alma Masafkale. Hashem told him exactly at Chatzos, but when he's giving over the story, since he didn't know exactly when it was, when Chatzos was, so he said, Kachatzos. <clears throat> so, the Gemara is, is surprised, or finds it hard to believe, not that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know when exactly Chatzos was. The Gemara can't accept at this point the David HaMelech knows exactly when Chatzos is, and Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't. Aren't you supposed to say in the Bua over exactly as you heard it? How could he change it? Right. How could he change it? The Gemara is going to discuss that as well. Shema Yomru, it's the Ganine Paro, that's one of the answers. Wasn't, but wasn't it's a good worried, question. Wasn't worried that it wasn't going to be exactly, and then when the Egyptians would have said, ah, see? He was worried that it was going to be exact, but their calculation was not exact, mm-hmm. and they were going to say, we're going to get to that. At this point, at this point, and that's a good question, how can Moshe Rabbeinu change the Nevoah? Mm. But at this point, it appears that Hashem tells him, Bachatzos, and, and, and Moshe Rabbeinu says, Kachatzos, because he doesn't know exactly when it is. So the Gemara finds it difficult to believe or to accept that David knows when Chatzos is, and Moshe does not know when Chatzos is. Fine. The Gemara goes on. The David Haviyada. It's a question. So, so David knew and Moshe Rabbeinu did not know? So the Gemara answers, David also did not know exactly when Chatzos is. David David had a simon. He had something helping him. He had something, to, he had an alarm clock. The alarm clock, you could set, you set it exactly, that you know exactly when it is. How did the alarm clock, and what kind of alarm clock did he have? So he says, David Simon Havali, the Amor of Akar Barbizna, Amor of Shimon Chasida, Kinor Hayatoloi Lamala Mimitasla Shol David. There was a harp that was hanging on top of the bed of King David, David Hamelach. The Kivin Shihir Gia Chatzos Lion, and exactly at Chatzos, Bob Ruach Tsephonis Venoshevisba Uminagin Me Elov. So at Chatzos, he had this northern wind. Mefarshim will talk about that wind came every night exactly at Chatzos. It probably means that they had some type of system where the harp was brought up at around that you know, exactly that time when they knew how to 
kind of had to figure it out. And, and, and the wind was blowing, so it, somehow the wind, together with the harp from the north, was able to determine and detect and express exactly what Chazal said. So David didn't know, but a combination of these factors with the harp and the and the wind, but the Rachsonus told David exactly what Chazal says. And the harp would play. So at that moment, at Chatzos, David HaMalek would jump out of bed, and he would learn Torah all the way until Amor HaShachar. Can you imagine? From 12 o'clock till 6 o'clock in the morning, David HaMalek is learning. He would sleep. Kamara says he would sleep for not more than a half hour at a time, similar to the Vilna Gon, or perhaps the Vilna Gon is similar to David HaMelech. And, uh, and then when Amor HaShachar came, he once did this Gemara, around that time, the, 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 the cabinet would come in and discuss the different needs of the nation, and they would say the people need Parnasa. It doesn't sound so much different than the way things are today. Right? People need Parnassa. So we say to them, so hire each other. Either hire each other or people should, the Ashiram should give Slaka to the Aniyim. So Amrullah, they say to him, Ein ha komets masbiya eshari, Ein ha bor mismale michul yoso. No, 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 it's not going to work. You have to, we need more. It's just for the Aniyim to be supported by the Ashim, there's not enough to go around. We need more Parnasa, we need more land, we need more, we need, we need more things happening. Ein hakomis mazbiyas hari means, it's, you can't give a, a, a lion a little bit of uh, grain. You can't give him a grasshopper, that's not enough of a meal. If you take a, a pit that's empty and you dig out some dirt, and then you throw it back in, it's not going to fill up the pit. Basically, the answer was, we need, we need, it's not enough. You can't just rely on stucker. We have to create new opportunities. Right? Okay. So he says to him, okay, it's not going to work. Then we need more land. We're going to go to war. We'll go to war. Just like today. We'll go to war. Miyad. And we, we, if you recall, the Yaris Dvash said, David HaMelech, remember the Yaris Dvash? He says, David HaMelech, when Hashem says to David, you cannot build the base of Middash because your hands are filled with blood. It wasn't that he fought the enemy and he killed people. That's not what it was at all. It's that he went out to these wars. When he, when he created these Melchamos uh, Rishos and people would die... And it was unnecessary. He thought it was unnecessary. He was supposed That's to use what, the money that he was he, And he already had no. money for the base. And maybe they should give that to the Aniyim. Right, so we'll... What? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Fine. Yeah. Let's keep going. So, in order, before you go to war, especially, and specifically, in Melchemes Rishos, you have to take advice from Achitofel, you have to, he had to get permission from the Sanhedrin, you have to ask the Urm Vitumim. Amar of Yosef, how do you know that David HaMelech would go through this process before going to a Mochemes Rishus? So Amar, Amar, Diksiv, Achrei Achitofa, Menoi Ben Yoyoda, Ve'ev Yosef, Asar Tzvala Melech Yoav. So after Achitofa was the, was the Baletza, then Benoi Ben Yoyoda was the Baletza, was his right hand man, and then became, then was Ev Yosar, and then only after he took counsel with these three levels of, of the, of the, uh, of the nation, as the Gemara is about to explain, then Sard Svalda Melech Only then did he speak to the general and command him to go to war. And then the Gemara Darshans, one second, Achitofel So Achitofel was the first, was the, was the right hand man, he was always the person who gave him Eitzah. Benoah ben Yoyodah, that was the Av Bezin, that was the Sanhedrin. Av Yasa, we know, was the Kohen Gadol, that was the Urim Vitumim. Vechenu Omer ben Yoyodah ben Yoyodah, I'll call crazy, we all a placey. Balaam and Ikra Shmam, crazy, we placey, crazy, she curse him, Devrayim. Placey, shum, flying with Devrayim. That the, the Urim Vitumim was very short, it was very sweet. It didn't give long ears, it told you what you needed to know. It was very incredible how it, how it be exact in its wording and in its answer. And only after he, 
he took counsel again with with uh, with with Achitofo, ben Yoda, with Ev Yosar, with all the different levels of the government. Then So now we go back to the original point, which was, and how do you know that David had this uh, harp on top of his bed? Is there a pasuk telling us this? This is probably the, one of the oldest Jewish songs that we remember. Ura Ura Kivodi. Right? So, at this point, Moshe Rabbeinu does not know when Chatzos is, exactly. David HaMelech does not know when Chatzos is. David HaMelech has the help of his harp above his bed. And with the northern wind that comes at Chatzos, uh, that wakes him up, and that's how he knows exactly when Chatzos is. They both don't know when Chatzos is. The Gemara finds it hard to believe impossible to accept that Moshe Rabbeinu would know uh, that David HaMelech would know when Chatzos is Moshe Rabbeinu does not know Rabbi Zera comes along and says not that they did not that they both did not know they both did know Moshe La'olam Havayada Moshe did know when Chatzos is but David Nami Havayada and David also they both knew so they both knew that why did David HaMelech need the harp wasn't that tell them exactly when Chatzos is because no no the harp is just there to wake him up he needed an alarm clock but David why does David need the harp? To wake him up from his sleep. So if Moshe knew when it was, why does he say kachatzos? Lamalei, remember kachatzos? Moshe kesavar, because Moshe thought, he would say bachatzos, which means exactly chatzos, which is at an exact time. The Paro's advisors would think that it was a minute off. And they would say Moshe is a liar. Shema yitu at the kinei par v'yomer Moshe b'dayu Moshe is a liar. V'damar mar l'mal l'shon cholomer eni yodeir shema tispada v'tochets. So he's going to he lied. He's going to get caught. So therefore he said kachatzos, even though he knew it was exactly right. Okay. I want to discuss tonight this idea of the kinor shal David. David has a kinor, and this kinor tells us when chatzos is. Can I go back a step? Yes. According to the arrows, gosh. Yes. How can you say when he says yeah. David HaMelech, HaKadosh Baruch Hu punished David HaMelech because of unwanted bloodshed? If David HaMelech to the Mar tells us that he went to Yassar and he asked permission from the owner of the Tumor. They should have told him, you have money in the bank. Use okay. the money from the base of Mikdash. Or the Tumor is Kivyachol, a medium by which that's a good question. Why would he question? Why would he ask anybody else? Why would he take counsel from anyone else? If he has the urim That's a good question. Drives the process. Good question. Good question. Maybe you could say like the urim of like it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it's not like you're not giving. Yeah. You know. You're not saying. Wait, do we ask the same question about the Yeah, it's these are all good questions. They're good questions. We're good questions. We'll get another day. We'll come back to those questions. We'll have to work on them. What I want to discuss is, twice already we have a Pasuk, we have a Gemara, they have, David is walking around with this Kinor. He has this Kinor. What's a Kinor? Harp. Harp. Kinor shal David. Remember the Yol Shorabi song? Zekinor David? Remember, that's a great song. Zekinor David, Yad David Everybody knows that David HaMel, this is the Gemara, it's a Pasuk, Tehillim, Nunzayin. And there's uh, Gemaras all over the place about the Kinor Shal David. How many strings did the Kinor Shal David have? Did it have eight strings? Did it have ten strings? Okay, Kinor Shal David. The Gemara, when it talks about the Kinor Shal David, contrasts David with whom? With Moshe. Moshe, as we know, we saw it a few weeks ago in the Parsha, also has some type of musical instrument. What's Moshe's musical instrument? Chatzotzros. The Chatzotzros Shal Moshe. The Pasuk says in Baha'u Loscha, Asei Lecha Shtei Chatzotzros. Right? Asei Lecha. So what does Rashi bring down over there? The, the Medrash sees, we'll see the Medrash right now. Asei Lecha means these Chatzotzros are for you. They're for you. These are your Chatzotzros. David has a Kinor, Moshe has a Chatzotzros. Moshe has these What's a chatzot? What is chatzot? It's trumpets. Let's look at the, look at the medrish also has this contrast between the chatzot shal Moshe and the kinner shal David. You can use them, you're a king, no one else can use them. 
So the first day in the Medrash says, there's one person who can use the Chatzos of Shalmosha. Who's the one person? David HaMelech. And then Rav says, no, even David can use the Chatzos. Even David can, you know what David uses? David doesn't use the Chatzos. What does David use? The Tinor. Amar Rav, HaChatzos of Shalmosha, Av HaNignizu. And then Rav Pinchas HaKalim tells us the Gemara, And it's the same Gemara, right? There was a harp hanging on top of the, the bed of David, and then they would tell us when Chatzos is. But once again, let's just read that second line in the Medrash, because I think that's that's a very important line. Amar Rav, the chatzos is the mikdash that was Moshe's, and those were hidden. So what did David HaMelech use? Avo David HaMelech haya nishtamesh bekino shenemar urakavodi uraneval. There's a chiluk, there's a hevdel, there's a distinction between the chatzos shal David asel lecha. That's for Moshe, and then there's the kinor shal David. David uses the kinor, Moshe uses the chatzos. What's the difference between chatzos and kinor, and what's the difference between Moshe and David? So, <clears throat> and nobody used the chasosos after. Apparently not. Yeah, they were hidden. They were they were buried, they were hidden, put they, away. Didn't they need? Them? It says you're not allowed. People could blow them, but Moshe died. The chasosos were put away. Okay. You have to make new chasosos. You have to make new chasosos. But the chasosos was the first chasosos that I made are specifically for Moshe. That's what the Gemara says. That's what the Gemara. That's what the pasuk says. I say. What were the chasosos for? Coming to war? For going to war to gather the people. There was all these different reasons, you know, all these different purposes. If you did one true and a two true was in a tkiya, so there's different. You know, look at the sukkah and bahaloscha for the mikra the masa when you would travel, when you would camp, when you would go to war. But there was chasosos specifically for Moshe, and there's the kinor shel David. Kinor shel David. <coughs> No, other people would blow it. Other people would blow it, but it was Moshe's chatzotzer. So we know it was Moshe's chatzotzer. Something about the chatzotzer that is defined, carried by Moshe. <coughs> the his. Mm-hmm. <coughs> except, you're right. Except didn't they take them when they went to attack Midian? It's, a, it's this week's push, isn't it? Yeah. Where they cook all the... Uh, and, Spoils? And, no, no, not the spoils. When they went out? When they, when they left, they took all the, the gold uh, yeah. instruments, yeah. including the uh, trumpets. Is that I right? Think. Yeah. Yeah, I think they took that with them. Is that them what it says in the Yeah, I think so. Okay, we'll take a look. That's mm-hmm. good. Without Moshe. So Moshe didn't go to attack because they came back. Right, right. Without him. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. I want to look at some Marmacomus regarding Moshe Rabbeinu. Take a look. <clears throat> if you look at Marmacom number 8, let's just read the Pasuk. It's, it's an amazing Pasuk. And then we'll see a Medrash that's uh, perhaps even more amazing. By the Chet by the Chet so, something went terribly wrong, as we know. You know, we're in the middle of the Chet Egel now. We're, we're, we're between the Chet Egel and the Chet Hamaragu, right? The Pesach says, Vayaram ki boshesh Moshe, I read this manar. Then the people saw that Moshe was delaying from coming down from the mountain. Vayakal amal aram, vayom elav kum aseilonu Elohim. Asher yelch lufanenu ki zeh Moshe oish, asher helonu mitzrayim, lo yodana mehayola. See that line? The people gathered around Aharon, and they said to him, make for us a God. Come I say, Lono, Elohim, this is, this is Chol, not Kodesh. Come I say, Lono, Elohim, make for us a God. Why make for us a God? Because Moshe is gone. Why are you making a God just because Moshe is gone? Come I say, Lono, Elohim, I show you, because Moshe who, Moshe who took us out of Mitzrayim, now, last I, Last we checked, who took us out of Mitzrayim? Because Baruch took us out of Mitzrayim. Moshe takes us out of Mitzrayim, and because Moshe, who took us out of Mitzrayim, is gone, therefore, not let's appoint another leader, but kum aselanu, a god. That's what the Pesach says. And then again, by Yom Ruli, and then when Aaron's telling it over, 
When Aaron's telling all the Moshe comes out, he goes, what happened? What did the people do to you? I say, Twice. When it actually happens, they say, make for us a God. And when it comes back, and, and, and Aaron's telling Moshe what happened, he says it again. And the funny thing is, at the beginning of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we gave a share on this in the Hashkama, a minion. We see that, and it's, a, it's an incredible line, it's an incredible line, where it says as follows, Moshe Rabbeinu, Baruch was talking to Moshe Rabbeinu, and he says to him, listen, I understand that you don't want to be the speaker, you have a, you're not comfortable with the Aral Sfasayim, and, right, and, and you have a, whatever the, the, the speech impediment, I understand, so this is what we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. You are going to go down, Aaron's going to go with you, he's going to be your mouthpiece. We, we also once mentioned, should be aware, it's not for now, but in that law, he will speak to you, he will speak for you to the people. This is Shmos Dalar number 9. He will be for you as a mouthpiece. So as far as I say, that's Rashi Tevas Hillel. So this Moshe and, and, and Aaron are playing the roles, or let me say it like this. Hillel and Shammai years later are going to be playing the roles of Moshe and Aaron. Okay? But look at the next line. Look at the next line. Who you, again, we have to explain, we have to explain why, what the parallel is between Moshe and Hillel, but who Yihiel Cholapet is Hillel. That's, that's Aaron. And Shammai is low-ish, Dvarim Anochi. Lo Ishvarim Anochi is Okay, but it, it, it's, we, we, we talked Moshe about Shama. it. We talked about that. Moshe Shama. Moshe Shama. We'll figure that out. Okay, but, but look at the next line. Look what Hashem says. Hu Yiyel Cholopeh. You'll be a mouth. He'll, he will be the mouthpiece for you. What are you going to be? Vatem Tiyelo. Okay. I don't even know. What, I'm not sure. Do you say that with Kim or with him? <laughs> Sometimes the, that word is chol. Sometimes the Gemara, the Torah, the Gemara is not sure what it is. Yesham mechol, yesham mechodesh. Beginning, the beginning of Vayera. Right, it has to be Elohim. It has to be, yeah, it has to be chol. It has to be chol, of course, right, right. But then, see, we have it by Vayera, Hashem. No, no, no. That's Vayigash. Please wait here. Don't leave. When Avram's talking to the Malachim, there's a Rashi bring down Al Dal Bunyud. But it's an amazing thing. What's going on here? What are we propping him up to be? Now it's true the word Elohim in the Torah often or sometimes will mean like a judge. Elohim Lotakalel. But it's just funny that we're calling him this, and, and the people are saying "kumas elodua." It's such a funny term to use. This is Moshe Rabbeinu, and then amazing thing, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu was actually called Ish what? Well, Kim. So what does the Medrash say on that pasuk of Ish Kim? The Medrash says as follows: This is right. V'zos habracha, Hashem berach Moshe Ish Kim. Hashem benisol feimosa. Amar of Abin in number ten, Dvarim Rabba Yud Aleph, Mechetzi Ulamata Ish, or Mechetzi Ulamala Pelokim. The bottom half of Mo- this is a medrash. The bottom half of Moshe is a man, and the top half is a god. What I mean? What does that mean? Ish Pelokim. It's not just telling us. That if you would, without the marriage, you would have said it means he's a man of God. It means he's a man who is, uh, you know, whose whole life is dedicated to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. <clears throat> Here we're telling us that there's something more. Ish, 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 What does that mean? What does it mean? Well, who was Moshe? Apparently, Moshe Rabbeinu. God forbid, we're not saying it was any type of God at all. But there's something where he, as we know, stood between the people. And God. He was that person. He, so I want to mention something that I learned from your son-in-law, Rabbi Yehuda. He gave a shir, was it on Shavuos? Did he give it last Shavuos? That was the last time I gave the shir in the show. He gave a shir on the following topic. I thought it was Gavaldika Ha'ora. He mentioned it from the Kutzker. I found it in Revorman Sefer. 
it says as follows. Look at number two, the Gemara in Svachim Tafko follows. When Miriam, when Miriam has Saras, so the halacha is that the only one who could be masked, the only one who could put away the, the only one who could put away the, uh, the, 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 the Mitzorah is a Kohen. You're not a Kohen, then it doesn't, you know. the question is at that point in history, who were the Kohanim? Aaron was a Kohen, he could do it, but Aaron can't do it, why can't Aaron do it? Because, and right? You a person is not allowed. If we if a person sees that is going to look at the saras and paskin on the saras of of a, of, a, of a relative, he's going to maybe he won't paskin correctly. He'll be makel, let's say. So the Gemara asks as follows: Miriam mihis gira. Who is the one who was paskin on the saras of Miriam? So the Gemara says, Im tomer Moshe his If you say Moshe. Was, was, you know, was, was paskining on Hesker. Hesker is the first step in taking the Mitzorah and putting him in quarantine. He doesn't have to go out of the camp at that point. Put him in quarantine. Let's put him in a house by himself. So, Im Tomar Moshe is, you know, if he said that Moshe was paskining on her, Moshe Zoru. Moshe's not a Kohen. He's also the relative. He's the same relative. That's a great question. He's also a relative. Gemara doesn't say that. Gemara says, Moshe Zorhu, the ain't Zoroa es Hanagoyim. And the Gemara says, Vim Toma Aaron is going to say, Aaron did it. Well, Aaron was a Korov. The ain't Korov Roa es Hanagoyim. So let me ask a good Kasha. What's a good Kasha? Same problem. Just say, Im Toma Moshe via Aaron his Giru. Well, they can't because Aaron and Moshe Korov move ain't from Roa es Hanagoyim. Why do you have to first go, Moshe is a Zor? And uh, Aaron is a is a karov. I mean, Rucha de Milsa Kamash Malon. Rucha de Milsa. He's only here for relevant. Rucha de Milsa Kamash Malon. Oh, that's that you're half. That's you're halfway there. Is that? Is that? There's only half a relative. You say Moshe from the top was Israel and Kiv. Okay, okay. So we, that's what, he, this is what we're getting to, I guess. There is a concept I want to show you in the Mechachma in Devarim. Listen to this beautiful line. There is a concept in halacha called a ger shenizgar kachinoladami. That a ger that becomes a uh, a ger that converts. We've mentioned from Rav Ruvin Margolius, who I, I saw in his uh, perushim on Sefer Chasidim, where he writes that really the lashon should be goishinizgar, not ger shenizgar. A ger is not nizgar. A goy becomes a ger. A ger does not become a ger. So he quotes from the Midrashim, it's a ger shenizgaya, because once a ger is misgaya and converts, it's revealed that all along he had the neshama of a ger. So he's a ger, he's a ger shenizgaya, not a goy shenizgaya. That's what Reuven says. Okay? So a ger shenizgaya is a cut and shenal adam. What does it mean, cut and shenal adam? Cut adam means, on, on, on the simple level, means he, lo- he becomes like a newborn entity, and he loses all familial, past familial connection. He has no more krovim whatsoever. He's no newborn, no more krovim. On a level min hatorah, that means on a level min derabanu, we don't allow it. Kedeshalo yomru banu mikedusha chamur lekedusha kala, which means that on a level min hatorah, if a man converts, he would be able to marry all his relatives, his blood relatives that he had when when he was born, till he converted. He can marry his mother, he can marry his sister, he can marry everybody. Because he's a newborn child, Kiddush and all dummy. I mean, there are bunch we don't allow because you know why? Someone's going to convert. And we're going to say, "Whoa, this is this is an interesting religion." You know, yeah, you know, incest is allowed. Just convert to Judaism, and it's all it all goes. Kiddush lo yomru banu mikudusha chamura lekudusha kala. So we make all the halachas that a, a guy cannot marry those relatives even after he converts. Even a guy cannot marry even after the conversion. He can't marry. Fine. Mikaradin, you do not have. The relationship, the halachic relationship of your previous groven. When we can apply the klal of gershon is This becomes very interesting. The Chassam Sofer in Avodah Zorah says about himself, he says, my whole life I wondered, where is the source for gershon is Where do the Chazal know that from? They say it as a given, and they don't tell us what the source is. You look at the Meshachachma, he quotes the Chasam Sofer. Chasam Sofer, the Chidush of the Zara Kosov, Kiniskasha Koyamov, Mehechan Hotsil Chazal, Had the Ger Shinizgar, who cut in Shinola Dami. That's a beautiful line. He's bothered his whole life. This is the, you know, he's, he, he, uh, bothered. What's, how, how, what's the source? 
What's the story? Chazal you can't just make things up out of thin air. That's what he was walking around with. How did Chazal know that? How did Chazal know that? How did Chazal know that? <clears throat> so Meshachachma says he thinks it's pretty simple. He thinks it's pretty simple. You know, in 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 in, uh, in the memoirs of Reb Nossin Kamenetsky, he calls him his father Reb Yaakov. He used to say that everybody knew that in Europe in the 19, early 1900s there were three great gedolim. There were the, the, there were three. There were many gedolim, but the, there were three that were in a different league than everybody else. Kain. Do you remember? What? The Kain. was a little bit. Uh, I guess it was a little bit earlier than that. A little bit earlier. No. Ragushava was the second level. Rabbi Yaakov said, he said about it from Rabbi they always used to say, in Europe, everybody knew there were three. No? Rabbi Chaim. Rabbi Chaim Brisk. You ever saw this? Rabbi Chaim Brisk. Rabbi Davidel Friedman, the Shailas David. And Rabbi Meir Simcha Akali. Rabbi Meir Simcha When When, when the, Rabbi Shechta told me, and I remember... Sometimes I hear something from Shaft or I have to go back a few times because I, I write it down, but I want to make sure I got it. So I went back more than once. And in, in, in Washington Heights, there was a man by the name of Rav Kut. Not Mr. Kut. An older man. And he was a young boy in the World War One, With World War One, And his father was taking him on some business trip. He was probably 12 at the time, 11 or 12. And they got stuck in World War One, and they were in the same place where the rugged shovel was. The rugged shovel, you know, is very sharp. And Rav Kut, Mr. Kut's father took him to see the god of the rugged shovel. When he came to see the rugged shovel, so people were always asking the rugged shovel, like, what do you hold, what do you hold by this person? So they asked him, so Rav Shechta, with, with tear when he would tell me this story, he said, so what do you hold by the chavetz, by the chavetz chaim? They asked the rugged shovel, the chavetz chaim, he's a fine tzaddik. He said, what about by the rabbi chon vasim? And he goes, the vasim rabbi chonon, he's a fine malamid. Goes, and what do you say about the, this one and that one? He's going through all of them. He goes, and what do you say about the Rav Meir Simcha? Meir Simcha? And he would stand up. Every time he said Rav Meir Simcha. So the boy, he was there, he was stuck for a few years during the war. So Rav the Ragged Shava, he always, the little boy used to always come back and sit by the Ragged Shava. And he used to see him and see him learn and see the questions that people asked. And any time anybody mentioned the Rav Meir Simcha, the Ragged Shava would move from his chair and he'd stand up. Imagine, because the Ragged Meir Simcha? He knows how to learn. Oh, that's what he used to say. That is what, that's what Shachta told me a few times. Remember, Simcha, that's, that's who knew how to learn. They always possess a rivalry. They were the same thing. I don't know, maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was a political line. That's what, that's what this man, he was, he was, he was 90. He was 90, I think when he was 90 when he told the story to Rav Shachta. This Mr. Kut. But anyway. Right, right. So the Mayor Simcha says, he says, I was a Pashita, I think so. He think what? Nesha Chachma and the Arsameach of Mayor Simcha. Mayor Simcha called me Dvinsk. What did he write? Nesha Chachma and the Arsameach al Rambam. It's probably more, but those are the two main svar. So he writes as follows. What do you mean? We know that before Matan Torah, there were people who were married to each other who, if the Torah had been given, they would not be able to be married. For example, Amram was married to who? His aunt. He's married to his aunt. You can't marry your aunt. He's married to his aunt. So when the Torah is given, so he'd have to divorce his aunt. How do you stay married to your aunt? So, and yet the Torah says, that Hashem says to Moshe, Shuvu lochem, where? Yolechem. Which means you can go back, you, were, you, were, you had to separate for a few days, from Matan Torah, that they'll be in a state of Torah. You can go back and get married. So Shuvu lochem means they could all go back. How can you go back? How can you go back? They're both game. There's no longer, there's no longer a relation. Gershin is gar, kachin ola domi. Let's look at it inside. Aiti poshit. Nesha chachma knows five. The yotzelahem, the mistama hayal yotze mitzrayim. Lechaira, there were people who went out of Egypt. Nashim harbei shahayumi osin shayim ben noach mizhonalayim. There were many women who, by a ben noach, a ben noach can marry the ant. But a Jew cannot marry the aunt. The Amram Yochiach, Amram, who's the Gadol Hadar, married his aunt. No problem. So the Eich Amar Rachmana Achar Matan Torah Shuvu Lachem Liyohalechem Ve'Ein Ahalu Ela Ishu, as it says in Moed Kadin. Hello, Elu Shenosu Krovosem Shrichim Lefrosh Man. They also were married to their relatives, 
So how could they stay married? It must be that once Matan Torah came and they all went through that Geris, because we know the laws of Geris are learned from Matan Torah, the Gemara Yavamos Mem Vav says. So therefore, the fact that they did not have to separate shows, Geris and his guy, and all the old relationships are broken. So Amram remained married, assuming Amram was at Matan Torah, Amram remained married to Yocheved because... <coughs> Halachically, they were no longer considered related. You hear it? Now, the Balaturim says something nice. Balaturim says in Dvarim Parach of Dalit, listen, every letter, every letter is Chashuv. The Post says in Parach of Dalit, you're not allowed to What's sata? You're not allowed to bend. bend. You can't bend or change or the 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 judgment of a ger. What's a ger? A convert and a yasum and a what's a yasum and an orphan. orphan? Listen to this line. It doesn't say ger the yasum. So Balaam says the right way to speak is los hatam mishpat ger the yasum. These are two people who don't have a lot. They don't. They're all right. One one's a yasum. What's a ger yasum? So he says, every ger is a yasum. Because when you become a ger, halakhically you lose your parents. Ger shin is gar, kanshin ola dami. Ger yasum, v'lo omar ger v'yasum, v'lo omar l'cham. Ger shin is gar, kakaton shin ola dami. So does it apply only to a ger yasum, or does it apply to a ger, to a yasum? I mean, this. Jewish yasum. This. Yeah. This plus losata. Yeah. I think it applies to a ger and a yasum. No, it's separate. But the reason why it's re- mentioned in that way is to teach you that every ger halachically has the status of a yasum because he loses the connection to his parents, to his parents. Okay. It's a nice, another, 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 uh, remez to gerish and his garakash and all them. I don't know why the chasam sofer, either he didn't see the balaturim, which doesn't make sense, or he didn't think the balaturim, he wanted a better, uh, a better, a better, better makkah. Better what was that? Yeah, that that quotes Gershon is Geyer. Oh, Gershon is No, 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 exactly. Gershon is Geyer, Kachanola Dami. Gershon is Geyer, Kachanola Dami. The Maharal says as follows. Now, it sounds a little funny because the Meshach Chachma didn't mention this. But the Gemara says that there's a Pasuk after Matan Torah that says, Vayara Ambochel Right? After Matan Torah, he saw, Hashem saw, Moshe saw that the people were crying. Why were they crying? It says, L'mishpachosav. They were crying, L'mishpachosav. So the Gemara Darshan's Al-Iske Mishpachosav. They were crying regarding the Mishpachos. What were they crying about? They were crying about, it's funny, Meshach Hachman didn't quote this. The Maral quotes it. He said they were crying about that some of them had to get divorced. Because, because they had, they were married to relatives that were, for a Ben Noach, not a problem. But now that they were converted and they had the Torah to live by, they couldn't remain married to this, to those women. Now, that's not what we just said. It's not a problem because Gershon is a guy. Sounds funny. So, so look at the Maharal. Very, very important. Maharal says, "Vein laakshos dimkein yihiyu yotze mitzrayim utarim bekrovehem the hakiblu aleim atora lo noldu bechiyuv v'yu mitarim bekrovehem." Says, why were the people upset? He's asking what the Meshachachma said. The people were upset. Meshachachma says they have no reason to be upset. Why? Because they're not related. They can stay married. But the Gemara says they thought that they couldn't stay married. They thought they couldn't stay married, or maybe they couldn't stay married. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. But the Gemara seems to say they thought they couldn't stay married. So the Maharal says, why did they think they couldn't stay married? Gershon is Gary Kachanoladam. Didn't they know that halacha? Didn't they know that? And they all became gay. So the Maharal says, an amazing daher where he says, Ainzek Kasha. Not a Kasha. You know why? Because the people, it's Mitzrayim, the people who converted at Matan Torah, by them, there was no klal of Gershon is Geyer, Kukat and Shinola Dami. Why? The whole world, anybody converts, there's Gershon is Geyer, Kukat and Shinola And the Jews in Matan Torah convert, there's no Gershon is Geyer, Kukat Why not? So Maral says, when they converted at Matan Torah, we know that there was a kfiyah. It didn't happen completely on their own volition. 
Kofalem Archegigas. Anytime the Geras happens against one's complete um, free will, free will, there's no Gershon as a guy. Gershon as a guy, Kashmir Dummy, only happens if it's out of my free will. Anybody at Matan Torah, if they were forced to be Makabal, Kofalem Harkigis. The Vada mission is Gaya Meyatsma Kagon Goy. Given the Lohoy, it's Sorachle his Gaya. Someone doesn't have to be Megaya. And he's Megaya Meyatsmo. Have a Bria Harris the Gabi. That's a new, that's a new Bria. It's a new barrier. Since they have to accept Torah, there is no din of Gershon Iskar. So therefore, they thought that, again, it's hard to know exactly, according to the Maral, they really, there was no Gershon Iskar, therefore, they were actually not allowed to stay married to the old relatives, to their old wives, because they were still related to them, and since the Torah now says you're not allowed to marry your aunt, so if Amram was at Matan Torah, if he made it that far, then he would be not allowed to remain married to Yochebed. That's what the that's what the Maharal says. There's a whole other question as to whether or not the, everybody at Matan Torah actually accepted. I mean, there's no question that, you know, out of We assumed, the Kafal them are we accepted, they said, Nasa Vinishma. What? Right, Nasa Vinishma, Belay Bechad. Yeah, but everybody says Nasa I think so, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it says. Yeah, but, you know, that's Madara Rabbah, right? So, I mean, it was forced, it was forced on us. There was a Nasa, listen, there's a lot, that's a whole question. It said Nasa Vinishma, Kafal Amarkagigas. The example that we host was basically says, I once said this in, a, in the Shir, Nisan got very upset at me because he was a paratrooper. So he, he, so make believe the muscle is true. He said it's not true. I heard it's true. That um, you train for months and months and months to be a paratrooper, but eventually they take you up in the plane and, and you have to jump out. So I've been told that many of the first people who jump have, are pushed out. They push that. You know, it's easy to talk about who jump, who jumps out of a plane of their own free will. You do it a few times, not so bad. But you push that. So Nisim got very upset. He goes, "It's not true. It's not true." I heard from different people that, matter of fact, I heard an Eretz Yisrael, you know, among Golani and Gavati and and, and the Tzanchanim. Sometimes they'll make fun of the Tzanchanim. That's a little shtuk. Oh, you're so tough, but you you push out of the plane. That's what I heard. So, but, but they train to become a Tzan, you train to become a Tzanchan. So, so why are you being pushed out? The answer is, I just do what I want. But when you get there, the mice is like, you know, I don't know, I need a little, I need a little push. So that's not finish, but not finish, but they definitely want Kabbalah Satora. But you know, when you get there, you realize, oh my gosh, this is a big undertaking. So Hashem says, I, this is what you want, but I'm scared. I know, I know you're scared. It's what you want. And you let go of the bike and, and, and you go, and that's it. So that's, that's, that was the marshal. That was the marshal. Yeah. Huh? Slap him up. He wants to get married, but you have to slap him up, right? Exactly. Yeah, 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 fine. 100%. 100%. Exactly. There's no doubt. Right. So, yeah. The phrase, Gershon is Yes. After looking at the morale, yes. the phrase, as we take it, yeah. seems to be incorrect. What would you call it? What would you say? It's Gershon is Mm-hmm. Because Gershon is guy kakatan A child that's born is not born severed Good question. Good question. Good question. Good question. Yeah. Okay. A bria chadasha. What's a bria chadasha? We're human beings. Right. So it means you're born right, almost like yesh meyayin. That's bria chadasha. But to whom? To his parents, right? That's what you say. That's what you're saying. I hear. Yes. But you're saying that by Purim that everything restarted, even though we say that. There was yeah, that's a good question. We do. We we do say it, and we'll talk about it on Purim. Talk about it on Purim. The, the additional gayness that happens on Purim. There's a gayness that has to happen on Purim. They right? weren't able now to go and marry. No, 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 no. But there was a, there was and there was certainly a gayness that has to take place there, right? So now, so what I heard from you from Rabbi Willig, yeah. Go, go, go. Uh, when you say Kibu Kibu, so until, until Purim, they weren't in the Kabul of the Nasa Vinishma. They were, until Purim, they were not, they were in the Kabul of the Nasa Vinishma. Right. Uh, until then, it was Kapa Hakiki, so theoretically, they weren't allowed to... Uh, but they said Nasa Vinishma. What do you mean they weren't in the Kabul Nasa Vinishma? They said Nasa Vinishma. Yeah, but they said, but they didn't mean it. I, well, I said just the... Yeah, that's not what Tosfus says. Tosfus says, they said it, they meant it. The Kafalem Harkagigas was to help them follow through on the, what they wanted. 
Yet, but they're Gerim, but they were not allowed to keep the wives, on the other hand. That's, that's what we said before. Right? There was still, because there was some level of kfir, yeah. there was some level of kfir, so you don't say go and on them unless it's completely out of your own free will. So there was, it's not like they were, they said, they were screaming, no, 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 no. And Hashem said, yes, yes, yes. They were screaming, yes, 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 you know, but we're scared. And Hashem said, yes. But that was also enough to say that there's no Kachin al Dami according to the Maral. If he learns like this, Maral can tell Fine. So what does the Kutzker say? Well, like, quotes from the Kutzker. I don't think he heard it directly from the Kutzker, but from someone who heard it from the Kutzker. And then I see, in Ravarman Sefer, the Kol Avinoi writes as follows. That Gemara, let's go back to the Gemara before. Again, this was, he mentioned in this year. Who was the Kohen that paskened on Miriam's Saras? The Gemara says, well, it couldn't be Moshe, because Moshe is a Zor. Couldn't be Aaron, because Moshe, because Aaron's a Karov. And we asked, well, Moshe is also a Karov. Moshe is a Karov. Well, Aaron's a Karov. Moshe's not a Karov. Why is Aaron a Karov? Weren't, didn't they all convert? And Gershon is Gar Kachanol Adami? So they're, they're not, they're not, they're not related anymore. But according to the Maharal, what? They are related. Why are they related? Because there's no Gershon is Gar. Why is there no Gershon is Gar? Because the mountain was turned over on their heads. They were forced. And since they were forced, so therefore you don't say, Kachanol Adami. So let's look at the Kavinavik, Shamafarshim. So the Milo Kasha Gabi Moshe Shahya Karov. Why don't we ask by Moshe that he's a Karov? The gavers that take place in Matan Torah. It's not like a newborn. It's not a Bria Chadasha. Why? From the Baidik So who was under the mountain? Everybody. Everybody was under the mountain. So Hashem takes this mountain, and anybody that's under that mountain is forced on some level to accept Torah. And because they're forced, we do not apply the klal of Gershon Iskayer. And therefore, everybody under that mountain re- remains related to each other. And therefore, Aaron is still related to Miriam. And it's cut, and it's not cut in Shanol Adami. And therefore, when the Gemara says, Aaron can't be the one to paskin on Miriam because Aaron is a Karov. However, Moshe during that time is where? He's not below the mountain. Where is he? He's on top of the mountain. It says, At that point, Moshe had already gone up to accept the Torah in Harsinai. Moshe did not have the mountain turned on his head. So Moshe is Gershon is Geyer. Moshe is a Bria Chadosha. Moshe is not related to Miriam. Therefore, Moshe, we can't say he can't be the person to paskin on Miriam because he's related, because he's not related. So Moshe, we have to say he's a czar. From where? Moshe is the only one who's out of the box. Right? Yeah. Which high was was <laughs> I don't know. I've seen I thought so, but you can't say it anymore. You can't say it anymore. What? Because then he would be flipped over. <laughs> Where's Moshe? I'm not allowed. Listen, that's not so difficult. He's on, he's on top imagine. of the mountain. He's on top of the mountain that they put on top of it. I picked him up. And he's on top. <laughs> he's on top. No, because he's thinking that they flipped him over. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, him. Doesn't mean they flipped. And by the way, it's not for now, but you know what a gigis is. What's a gigis? What's a wink? Call him harki. Call him har. What's call him harki gigis? You ever think about that? What's a harki gigis? What's a gigis? Is it a barrel? Of what? Water? No. Beer. Gigis is always a gigis or shechar. Now tell me that's not strange. He turns over the mountain like a, let's, it's like a keg of beer. I mean, it, oh, we have to figure out what that means. The gigas is the gagas, right? But but for now, what's important for now is that Moshe is the only one. He's outside. Everybody's everybody's inside the box. Moshe's outside. I want to mention 
that there's someone else that we've mentioned in the Shi'urim that's outside. No, 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 no. So who, who goes up and remains outside? Ben Zoma. Ben Zoma. Mara says, Arbon Nechnesulapardes. Four of the great, the greatest enter into this space called the Pardes. Who were they? Alisha Ben Avuya, other known, otherwise known as Acher. Right? Rabbi Akiva. The Gemara does not say. Alicia ben Avuya. Acher. Acher. Right. He was already Acher before he It could be good, Arabic. good, right, right. Rabbi Akiva, Ben Azai, Ben Zoma, Acher. Rabbi Akiva, Nechnas B'Shalom, Yatsa B'Shalom. Right? Acher Kitzitz Ben which means he goes off and he becomes an Apikoris off the Derech. Ben Azai hits it, Umes. Ben Azai, whatever he sees, it has an impact on him and he dies. It's too much for him to handle. This is Ben Zoma hits his Benifka. So the Gemara, what does that mean? It, it, we know what Mace means. We know what Nechnas B'Shalom B'Yatsa B'Shalom means. We know what Kitas Benitios means. It means he became a, uh, you know, a, a, a non-believer, let's say, or, or, or is it, an Apikorus, whatever it was. What does it mean hits his Benifka? So the Gemara tells us a story. The Gemara tells us a story. Tanur Rabbanon. Chagigo Yudali. Arbon Nechnas Olapardes. Ben Azai, Ben Zoma, Acher Rabbi Akiva. Ben Zoma hits us for Nifka. Gemara says, Hanu Rabbanu, Maisa B'Rishu Ben Chananya, Shaya Omer Al Gabi, Maila Bahar Habayis. Imagine the scene. Rishu Ben Chananya, the great Rishu Ben Chananya walks on. Right? It's the Talmud of Rabbi Yochan Ben Zakar, Rishu Ben Chananya, the second, the second Talmud. Ashra Yoladato, it says about Rishu Ben Chananya. Ashra Yoladato. And he sees, Ben Zoma. And Ben Zoma's in a meditative state, apparently. And Ben Zoma doesn't, he sees Rishu he doesn't stand up, he's, he's in his own world. Sister Ben Zoma, where, where are you? Where, where, you know, what we would call like, where in space are you? <laughs> So he says to him, Amalo, Sofa Hayisi, I'm contemplating, Bain Mayim Ha'alyonim, the Mayim Ha'tachton. I am gazing at the space between the higher waters and the lower waters. Bain Bain Zelazeh El Shalosh Etzbos Bulvat. And there's only three Etzbos. We don't have the end of the Gemara. I don't know why I should have just brought it. So it says, Rabbi Shulam Hananiah turns to his Talmidim and he says, Ben Zoma is still outside. He never came back down. Ben Zoma is still there. Ben Zoma is not. He went out. Rabbi Yakiva came back. Ben Azai died. Rabbi Elisha Ben Avuya also comes back as Acher. And Ben Zoma never comes back. That's the Russian that he uses. Ben Zoma omid mi where is he? He's been ma'im ha'ol yodol ma'im ha'tachtonim. So I was thinking, I was thinking about this vart from the Kotzkel. Moshe Rabbeinu is outside. Right? I'm thinking about Ben Zomi's outside. I'm wondering, is there a connection between Ben Zoma and Moshe Rabbeinu? So I'm fishing around and I find the base Aaron. The Kalina says as follows. Moshe, Moshe, why is Moshe called Moshe? Kimin Hamayim Mishisihu. Where was he drawn from? Between the Mayim Ha'oyon and the Mayim Ha'tachton. Ben Zoma's contemplating this area, this space. He's drawn from, the water means he's drawn from that space. Moshe Rabbeinu stands, it doesn't mean that he has... He goes up to a mountain, he doesn't eat for 40 days and 40 nights. He comes down with a veil. He can't look at a human being. He separates from his wife. He doesn't eat. He doesn't get old. Right? It, not, nothing, nothing wears away by Moshe. He becomes so holy and high and spiritual that he almost takes on the status of a malach. He's, Mechetzel is an ish. Mechetzel is an ish. He's an elok. He's not a, we don't believe, he's an, he's a, he's an ish for elokim. He becomes that place that's, it's Omimi Bachotz. Omimi Bachotz. 
the Tikkun Shema Moshe. Now, the, the, I have to tell you the Kalina, in all honesty, says a little bit differently than the way I just said it. <laughs> he says that he was taken from the Mayim Ha'olyonim. I thought you could say he was taken from right in the middle of the waters. Min Ha'mayim, from within the waters. Ki hu mi bichinas Mayim Ha'olyonim, ki bichinas b'teves ro'asa Mayim, b'mayim hainu ha'mayim, shah yikod abriyas ha'olam. And it gets into this, Malam Uzeh Karashma Moshe. He's not, he's not from, he's, he's a neshama that comes from a place that's higher than what the world is used to seeing. Right? From a place that's, that's higher than that, uh, than, 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 than that space. I was thinking as follows. Tell me what you think. Moshe Rabbeinu is this person who almost transcends the world. He almost transcends the world. He's a picture of a person that we have, of a tzaddik that we have, of a person that we have that's removed from the world. Sometimes you, you need to have a picture of what, what it means to be divorced from, from the Gashmias. Well, what is, that's someone that we can call Moshe Rabbeinu, someone who's Pirish Meishto. And he figures it out on his own. He's not even told to do that. He's Pirish Meish, knows a lot of it. You can be Parish Meish, no? Parish Meish, the Shekhin is going to come to me at any moment. He, again, like I said before, he's, he's this person, he's on the mountain, everybody's under the mountain, and he's only Mibachutz. He comes from that place in between, between the waters. Moshe Rabbeinu represents that muckle. You know, it says, Mahu Afato. Hashem, we have to be, right, Vahalachta Bidracha. Mahu Charun Afatocha. Mahu Racham Afatocha Racham. Mahu Abal Chesed, you also have to be a Baal Chesed. The Balatanya talks about HaKadosh Baruch Hu having two, playing two roles in the universe. One role he plays is called a Sovev Kol Almin, and one role is called a Mamale Kol Almin. What does Sovev Kol Almin mean? Sovev Kol Almin means he's completely and absolutely transcendent and above everything in this world. Of course he has to be. If he created the world, then he has to be outside the world, right? You can't, you can't, you can't create it from the inside. So you have to, be, he's outside it, right? And nothing in this world affects him, changes him, nothing. He's completely, Ani Hashem lo shenisi, completely equal, Shavisa Hashem lo negdi samid. You know, there's nothing that, that, that affects him in any way by this world whatsoever. That's called Sovev Kolalman. Mamale Kolalman means that he's absolutely and completely fills every single molecule of this entire world. There's nothing in the world that's not completely filled by his existence, by his breath. Right? Ata, every time we say the word ata, ata means from aleph to taf with the heimotzos hapeh. That's the word ata represents. Baruch ata, Hashem, you, that's the Torah, aleph to taf, what you created with the heimotzos, that's everything. Everything stands by Hashem's breath. There's nothing, there's nothing that's here today because he's not breathing life into it. So on the one hand, he's Sovev Kolam, and on the other hand, he's Malik Kolam. Moshe Rabbeinu represents in this world an idea of being transcendent of the world. Malik Kolam. And David HaMelech, the opposite. David HaMelech being Malchus represents completely Mamali this entire world. Tehillim, you read Tehillim, there's nothing in this world that he's not affected by, that he's not challenged by, that he's not taken by. He, unlike Moshe, David HaMelech gets sick, David HaMelech is com- completely challenged. On some level, whatever level that is, he fails. But there's some level of, of hate that takes place. There's something, Moshe Rabbeinu, it's true, he had some, he's, he's out, he's only me bachutz, David HaMelech's only me bifnim. You hear it? Just to share, you gave the difference between Yehud and Yosef. Oh, Yehud and Yosef, right, right. So now, what is the difference between a harp and a trumpet? A trumpet, that's Moshe. He never goes inside the halal. There's a space in the trumpet, right? What's it? You blow the trumpet, you blow from the outside, and your breath goes in, right? But, he, he, the trumpet, the person who plays the trumpet is outside the trumpet. That's the Sovev Kalam, and that's Moshe Rabbeinu standing on the outside. He's above the mountain. He's above. 
He's above every. He's 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 mechetzul l'malo. He's a maloch. That's important. To have people like that is very important, and it's also important once in a while for us to be like that. Once in a while, maybe Yom Kippur, maybe Neila, maybe uh, maybe Purim, maybe Purim's the opposite. To, to somehow transcend this world and not to not to feel so affected by it, to try to to try to be above it, to try to be above it. What is it? What? The matter of ourselves is is infinity. What do you mean? It's eight hundred exactly. Is that, is that right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that have to do with infinity. Eight is a symbol of Mi'awatev or something. Like this okay, probably. interesting. We'll figure that out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure, is that right? Is that right? Eight hundred. Are you sure? I just did it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's very very interesting. Wow. Jay, that's very interesting. The harp, on the other hand, is the exact opposite. The harp. There's a, there's, a, there's this frame around the harp, and the player always has to go inside the halal. You hear the difference? The, the harp is, you, the person playing it is always inside, the strings are inside. You go, the person's inside the halal. That's not, David HaMelech is Mamale Kolalmin. And Moshe Rabbeinu Sovib Kolalmin. And that's why I was thinking that the Gemara, the distinction between the Chatzotzros and the Kinor is the distinction between David and Moshe, which is the distinction between the person who transcends and the person who is completely involved. The lotion of that that the that the that the Chabad uh, Hasidim use of Sovev and and Mamale is a lotion of being transcendent and being imminent, completely involved, completely out of. And that's I think if we want to use Moshe and David as as two models for us. It has to be the idea of on the one hand we have to play the we have to play the harp. You know, you have to be you have to be inside the, the space of the world, inside every element. You have to be mekadesh everything. You have to things are important. The gashmius is important. We have to make livings. We have to support. We have to do things and, and to, to, to you know, have to we have to eat. We have to enjoy. That's mamalik. That's David Hamalik. That's the harp. At the same time, at some point, at least to have a picture of. Or maybe once in a while to be that type of person, even if it's only for a short time, to be a someone who's transcendent, to, to see, you know what, it really all, it really all is nothing compared to, to what's above it. That's what I think is getting at in the Gemara. For a different time and something for, maybe for some, uh, we don't give homework, but for something to think about is that, so, so, you know, so, so why, how, how does that represent, or what does that mean about the keynote telling us exactly what it cuts out? I'm Tell us exactly the midpoint between the where the night goes from being the part of the day to, to the part of the next day. That's something that the keynote can can help us with. Also, okay, good. Have a good uh, shot.